What up, what up, what up? This is your man Dre Day, and you are tuned in to a brand new episode of Sports Way with Dre Day Podcast. This episode here is going to get very interesting. Uh, We're going to speak about, you know, this Anthony Davis thing, um, about him basically, he informed the New Orleans Pelicans that, well, his agent, Rich Paul, informed the New Orleans Pelicans that he won't be signing the extension. Basically, translation, that he's seeking to trade. Um, who are the sitting, who, who, who are the teams that, you know, we would like to see him with? Obviously, I'm going to just say the team that I would like to see him on. Um, we're not going to get to all the teams, but we're going to speak on that. And, of course, Super Bowl is coming. So, you know, I'm going to speak on that as well, um, give my predictions. And I do have something to say to, uh, uh, what's his name, Nico Ruby Coleman, whatever the hell his name is, the, the cornerback from, from the Rams, you know, the one that had the helmet-to-helmet in pass interference on the Saints wide receiver in the NFC Championship game. You know, he has some choice words to say about my man, the GOAT, Tom Brady. You know, I'm going to have my little one-on-one conversation with him, but we're going to save that for a little bit later. Uh, first, let's get into this whole Anthony Davis thing. Um, obviously, on Monday, like I said earlier, it was reported that um, Rich Paul, Anthony Davis' agent, basically said that how his client, Anthony Davis, will not sign an extension to stay with the New Orleans Pelicans, which means in translation that he is now seeking a trade. Obviously, when that happened, a lot of things started coming to fruition. Uh, speculations of what teams would be interested in him. But obviously, we all know the main team that's been in the hunt for Anthony Davis pretty much since basically the start of the season. And that would be the Los Angeles Lakers. Reason being is because LeBron James is there. Who is LeBron James' agent? Rich Paul. Who's Anthony Davis' agent? Rich Paul. Anthony Davis hired his former agent, then hired Rich Paul. Immediately after LeBron said, I'm coming to the Lakers. And bam, there you have it. Both of you guys have the same agent. Then on top of that, then on top of that, just a few weeks ago, I believe the Pelicans played the Lakers. And somebody was interviewing LeBron and they asked him, um, would you like to play with AD or would you like to play with Anthony Davis or something from that magnitude? And of course, like, like, like LeBron should have said, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love to. Now, of course, everybody's going to look at that as tampering or whatever the case may be. I don't look at it from that perspective. The man was asked the question. The man answered it. But me personally, this is my conclusion on why Anthony Davis wants out of New Orleans. First of all, they didn't bring Boogie back after his Achilles injury last year. That was probably the best time Anthony Davis could have even caused some damage um, throughout his career because he's been in the league for seven seasons, two playoff appearances. His, his first playoff appearance, he got swept by the Warriors. Last year, they made it to the semifinals. They swept Portland in the first round, even without Boogie, but you still had Rondo, you still had Drew Holiday, you still had Anthony Davis, and they just lost to a superior team, which was the Golden State Warriors. So last year, Boogie gets hurt. Towards Achilles. They don't offer him a contract. They didn't re-sign Rondo. So those were the two reasons right there to lead me believe that why he wanted out of New Orleans. And now you add this factor in, you, you factor this in with the fact that um, his agent, Rich Paul, is the same agent as LeBron James. Los Angeles is the place where everybody wants to go. Everybody wants to be in L.A., Everybody wants to be in front of those bright lights. Everybody wants to be in Venice Beach, Rodale Drive, 
Beverly Hills. You know, everybody wants to go to, you know, everybody wants to be under the palm trees in L.A. I don't blame them. Hell, if I had the money, my black ass would be out there. But everybody wants to be in L.A. So I have no problem with him wanting to be in L.A. And it's also rumored that with all the teams that are interested in him, because obviously there's other teams in pursuit of him. There's rumors of the Knicks being interested in him. There's rumors of the Celtics somewhat being interested in him. But the Celtics can't make any moves with him until the end of the season. The Lakers can make something happen now. The Lakers can make something happen now. Unfortunately for the Celtics, they have to wait toward they have to wait to the end of the season to make anything happen. But again, <clears throat> excuse me. It's been rumored that Anthony Davis, I don't know if it's coming from him or it's coming from Rich Paul or his people. It is being reported that Anthony Davis will only re, he will only consider Signed an extension with the Lakers. That's basically letting it be known that if you was to trade me anywhere, you're only rating me for a year because I'm not re-signing with you. That's the same situation that's going on with Kawhi right now. Um, the Raptors gave up all this stuff to trade for him. In a nutshell, in my personal opinion, I don't believe Kawhi is staying in Toronto. I believe he's leaving at the end of the season. And what happens with that is you screwed yourself over because you got rid of all this talent. You gave up all this stuff just for Kawhi and also Danny Green. But the primary person in that, in that trade was Kawhi Leonard. And chances are he's not even going to be staying there next season or even signing an extension. But this is about Anthony Davis. This is not about Kawhi. This is about A.D. Let's just talk about his stats. We already know he's one of the top five players in the league. A lot of people have him in the top five. He's one of the best big men in the league. Obviously, you got Boogie when he fully, fully gets healthy. Uh, you got Greek Freak. You got Joel Embiid. Just to name a few. This season, he's averaging 29 points a game, 13 rebounds, four dimes. He's shooting 51% from the field. His career, he's 24 points a game, 11 boards, two dimes. 52% from the field, plays hella defense. Um, I thought this year might have been a year he could have won defensive player of the year, but it's looking like Paul George is going to walk away with that. Um, he can shoot the tray. He has a perimeter jump shot. Um, me, personally, I feel like the only problem with him throughout his whole career is that he can't stay healthy. But other than that, you know, for, for most of his career, seven seasons, Five-time All-Star, one All-Star MVP. One year he made the All-Star team. He didn't play because of an injury. So for seven seasons, the highest games he's played the whole season was 75. So in a nutshell, you know, he's missing seven games or more games than that to injuries. But let's just get to the realm of it. I want to talk to my man Magic Johnson real quick. Magic Johnson, you're my favorite point guard of all time in the NBA. I look to Michael Jordan as God in the NBA. I look to you as Jesus Christ in the NBA. I hold you two to a higher standard in the NBA. It's like battle rap with me. Murder Mook, Loaded Lux. Mook is Jordan, Lux is Magic. That's the way I look at it. Jordan and Magic, they're my two all-time players. They're my all-time favorites of all... They're my all-time... Favorites in the NBA of all time. But Magic, I need to have a conversation with you right now. Right now, you are on the clock. You have to make this trade happen. And you have to make it happen fast. Today is January 29th. The trade deadline is February 7th. You have to make this trade happen. Do not wait till the end of the season because then there's going to be a bunch of suitors interested in him and one of those suitors just happens to share that same building as you Staples Center and that's the Los Angeles Clippers and you know who's over there the logo Jerry West so if you think for one split second that he's not sitting in his chair crutching his crutching his ass in that seat hoping that you blow this so then that way when the offseason starts 
he has a chance to get Anthony Davis, you better think again. Remember, Boston, they're also in the realms. They're waiting too. The Celtics got a lot to offer. I mean, there's rumors of the Knicks being interested, but I'm not really taking that one serious because the Knicks don't really have that much to offer. And then on top of that, you don't even know if Przingis is going to be fully healthy when he comes back. So the logical choice is L.A. Now it's been reported that if this was to happen, the Pelicans are interested in Lonzo, Kuzma, Zubak, and a first-round pick for Anthony Davis. If I was Irvin Magic Johnson... I'm on the phone with New Orleans right now, and I'm making that deal. Now, now, granted, I know it's tough. It's real tough, especially the one with Kuzma, because I like Kuzma. I truly do. I truly like Kuzma. You know, he was coming. To, he was somewhat coming into his own this season. But I see a couple of inconsistencies with him so far during this season. I would, I would be naive to say that. Zubak, I like his game. I love his game. I love his game a lot. He can score. He can create his own basket. He can defend. All of that. Very mobile for a big man. Very mobile. Lonzo. Mm, this is my thing with Lonzo. And I want y'all to bear with me here. Everybody had this hype around Lonzo. And I really don't see it. He can't shoot for shit. Um, his point guard skills is top notch. I give him that. You know, the whole comparison with him and Jason Kidd, I get that. He can pass off the ass. He can defend. He can get you a triple-double if he wants to. But see, my problem with Lonzo Ball is not only is he injury-prone now, obviously for his first two years, he's shown to be injury-prone. And then on top of that, he's too inconsistent. He don't got that dog in him. But see, this is the other problem I have with this situation. Especially with Lonzo. You remember that number one draft pick that was drafted by the, by the 76ers last year? Markel Folks? You know, the one that came from the University of Washington? You know, the one who had the, the fucked up jump shot that everybody was crucifying him for? Yeah, he was hurt last year. They considered him a bust. Lonzo Ball, he was another one. Fucked up jump shot. Fucked up form. Everybody dogged him for his jump shot. He was injury prone last year. He got hurt. But, his, but the excuse for him is, oh, you got to give him more time. It was his first year. You got to give him more time. So if y'all going to label Markel Folks a bust in his first year, why the fuck can't you do that for Lonzo Ball? But don't worry, I'm going to do it for you. This is for you motherfuckers out there that try to baby him. And be on some, oh, oh, give him time. It was his first year. Y'all should have that same energy when it come to Markel Folks. They both was injury prone. They both had fucked up shots. They both didn't produce that well during the season. Lonzo had his moments here and there, but just like this year, it's inconsistent. So if you're going to call Markel Folks a bust, then guess what? You might as well call Lonzo Ball a bust because all the hype that his father put on him, he better than Steph. He better than Mike. He better than LeBron. All this, that, the third. Now, now, granted, as your, as, your, as your father, you should want to praise your son. I got a 14-year-old son. I'm going to praise my son to the highest degree. But there's also times when you got to humble yourself, too. And that's what Lonzo's father didn't do. He put that pressure on him. And unfortunately for him, he didn't live up to it. But let me get back to Anthony Davis here. Magic Johnson, you got to make this happen. I can't give you the credit for getting LeBron to L.A. because he wanted to go there anyway. LeBron wanted to, LeBron, LeBron wanted to go to L.A. anyway. It was, it, was, it, was, it was stacked up already. He had a home in L.A. and Brentwood. Like he, he, had, he had a crib there already. You know, he wanted to get his kids in, in a better school system in L.A., all that. So the cards were already stacked for him coming to L.A. So I can't really give you that much credit for LeBron. But Anthony Davis, you need your you, you need your handprint. You need your imprint on this one. You definitely gotta make something happen. You the magic man. 
I believe in magic. I believe in miracles. Magic, you got to make something happen with this. You got to get AD to LA. He wants to be in LA. He's tried to win in New Orleans. It didn't work. Now, this is the issue that I'm going to have with people. They're going to dog Anthony Davis. This is one of the reasons on why, at first, he didn't want this to be reported. You know, he wanted to keep the good guy image. He didn't want people to look at him and, per- make, and perceive him as the bad guy or the villain. Listen, Anthony Davis, I'm with you. You played in New Orleans for seven years. Only two of those years you made the playoffs. Last year was your best year there as far as team-wise. You made the playoffs. You won a first-round series. They didn't bring Boogie back, like I said before. They didn't bring Rondo back. And now look at the season you have it now. Why would you want to stay there? Take a page from the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. He played in Minnesota for so many years, from 95 to 2007. That's almost 12 years he stayed in Minnesota. And he couldn't win. The closest thing he got was to the conference finals. He had to get traded. He went to Boston, got that championship there. You know what I mean? Went to Boston, won a championship. So, Anthony Davis, take a page from KG. You did what you had to do. You played your years there. You're probably the second or third greatest player in New Orleans history. Obviously, in football, that goes to Drew Brees. New Orleans basketball, it can go to either you or Chris Paul. You did what you had to do in New Orleans. You're trying to win now. Rich Paul said that you want to go to a team that you can win on a consistent basis. What better team than that would be than the Los Angeles Lakers? So I hope that they can make this happen. Magic, you got to make this trade happen. Magic Johnson, you are on the clock. You have got to make this trade happen. But let's say you do make the trade happen. That means you give up Lonzo, you give up Kuzma, you give up Zubak, and a first-round pick. You might even give up KCP because you got to throw him in that deal because he got 12 mil left on his contract. But let's say you throw him out. That means you got Rondo, you got Ingram, you got Braun, you got AD, then you got Tyson Chandler or JaVale McGee. You got two bona fide rim protectors. LeBron and Rondo, they can mesh it out, sort it out on who's going to run the point from time to time. I think this right here, I think if this was to happen, I think that would take some of the pressure off of Ingram. And that will help his game just a little bit. You still got Josh Hart, who could produce. Hopefully he can, you know, gain a consistent jump shot. You still got Lance Stevenson. Michael Beasley, I don't know how much, I don't know how much time he's going to have. You still got Wagner, he can come off the bench. And there's one more factor in this whole equation that nobody wants to talk about. It was just reported earlier that Klay Thompson said that he would be interested in playing in the Lake, playing for the Lakers if the Warriors do not offer him a max contract. That's another factor that y'all got to think about. But again, Magic, you are on the clock. You got to make this trade happen. February 7th is the deadline, the same day as the All-Star Game draft, where LeBron and Greek Freak get to pick their team for the All-Star Game. Magic, you are on the clock. February 7th, you've got to make this trade, and you got to make it now. What up, what up, what up? I'm back. Now, let's get into the real deal, the nitty-gritty. Let's get down to... What's about to go down this upcoming weekend? Um, Super Bowl 53, that is. Um, my boys, the AFC champs, the New England Patriots, will go up against the NFC champs, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, now, I know for some people out there, this puts a bad taste in their mouth because for some people out there, they feel like the Rams shouldn't be there. Because of that, 
you know, that call that wasn't made in the NFC Championship game with the pass interference and the helmet to helmet. But hey, it is what it is. Um, it's time for people to let that go. Um, they're not going to redo the play. They're not going to start the game over. It is what it is for Saint fans or just fans in general that wanted New Orleans to go. Just let it go. Just let it go. It was an unfortunate situation. The ref swallowed his wrist whistle for whatever the case may be. It was a mistake. Uh, it was an error. And basically, it's over and done with. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. And now they're going against my Patriots. Now, what I will say is, um, well, I'm going to say what I need to say later. But let's just get into the realms of this game. This is a rematch from the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 36. Um, so there's a lot of storylines to go with this matchup here. Uh, again, it's a rematch for Super Bowl 36. Uh, a Super Bowl that we won. Um, it was our first Super Bowl. Um, that was the first year of the dynasty, basically. Because ever since then, we haven't, we haven't looked back. Um, Obviously, for fans that remember from back then, you know, there were rumors of us cheating back in the day with the whole Spygate. Um, there's some Rams players to this day from that team, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk, who believe that supposedly we watched, you know, their runaround and we videotaped it and basically pretty much knew some of their plays or whatever the case may be. Me personally, I don't believe it. Um, I know some of y'all may say, oh, he's a fan. He's supposed to say that. No, I just don't believe it. Um, the better team won. We had the momentum that year. Um, we were truly the underdog. Um, nobody expected us to win. And, you know, it want, you know, you know, it winds up happening. You know, last year we played against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Nobody expected them to win. Um, and then on top of that, they had them. They had themselves a backup quarterback. Nobody believed Nick Foles can go into a Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady. And it wound up happening. So shit just happens. Um, the Rams lost. St. Louis Rams at that time, they lost. Get over it. You know, y'all have a Super Bowl already. So stop bitching and complaining. And, you know, it's over and done with. Stop being bitter. It is what it is. I get it. We have a history. That's going to always be on our resume. Spygate, Deflategate, you know, all these things. They're gonna be they're, they're gonna be on our resume. It is what it is. We could just strive to be great and just keep doing what we do, and that's what we've done. This is our ninth straight Super Bowl. Uh Brady and Belichick. This is their ninth Super Bowl together, basically. Um hands down the greatest coach and player tandem in history. Um, some people might say, uh, Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. Some may say Don Shula, Dan Marino, obviously coach Belichick and Brady exceeds that by a landslide margin. Um, so it is what it is on that standpoint. Um, I'm eager to see as a, as a Patriots fan, I'm eager to see if our running game can still be effective like we have for the last two games in these playoffs. Uh, James White, Sonny Michelle in particular, have been killing it on the ground. We, we've, been, we've been running and gunning. Our O-line has been protecting Brady. Um, they've been pushing the defense back to help our, to help our run offense gain some extra yards. Um, have some have some big have some big gain gainages. Um, Gronk has been doing good um, blocking as well. So I'm eager to see what our running game is gonna do because I think our running game is gonna be the key factor in this. Um, we know Brady's gonna put up his numbers. You know Brady is Brady, especially around Super Bowl time. So we know he's gonna put up his numbers. For me personally, I think the running game Brady can win us the game with his arm. But I think that I, I, I think I, I think our running game is going to be the factor in this because the Rams' run defense have been superb in the playoffs. Um, if you go back to one of my episodes, I predicted that Zeke would feast on the Ram defense, and obviously that didn't wind up happening. They made the Cowboys one-dimensional 
in that divisional round against the Cowboys, and the running game was non-existent. Um, the championship game against the Saints, um, Melvin, um, not Melvin Ingram, um, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, they couldn't really get off with big yardage, with big runs in the, in the NFC championship game. So for these two games in the playoffs, the Rams' defense has showed up, especially that front four with Donald and Dominican Sue, Dante Fowler and Brockers. They've done their part as it pertains to keeping the running game at bay. So I'm eager to see what the chess match is going to be for that. Um, Jared Goff and Sean McVay, this is their first go-round in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm eager to see, will there be some jitters with this? Will the stage be too big for them? Um, will the bright lights be too much for them? Um, Jared Goff is going up against, obviously, for all of us who, well, especially me, I revere him as the GOAT, Tom Brady. So I'm eager to see how he's going to, you know, how he's going to be able to perform under them bright lights. Um, last, the, his last game was the biggest game in his career. Um, to play in that hostile environment, which is the Superdome in New Orleans. He had, he, he had a hard time. He, you know, he wasn't able to communicate as well with his coordinators and, and Sean McVay because the dome was so loud. So he couldn't really hear, he couldn't really hear them inside his helmet because the noise in there was too loud. Um, I don't know how the crowd is going to be in Atlanta. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be pro Rams or pro Patriots, but you know, again, it's the Super Bowl. The stage is going to be the stage is going to be bright. This is going to be the biggest game of his career to this date. Um, will he be able to step up to the challenge? Um, will he be able to make key throws and key moments? Um, will he be able to help the Rams' offense keep Brady on that sideline? and get fidgety and be eager to get in the game because that's going to be the key for the Rams, in my honest opinion. The, the key is, for them, clock management. There's two ways that you can beat Tom Brady. There's two ways that you can beat him. Now, for those that don't know, I'm pretty much going to give the blueprint because I'm a Patriot fan and I know what it takes to beat him. Keep him on that sideline. Don't give him that much... Well, I mean... I mean, you, I mean, you can give him two minutes in the fourth quarter, and that, and that's still going to be enough time. But as far as taking as nut, taking taking as much time off that clock, keeping him on the sidelines, that could be one way of beating him. Um, the Detroit Lions, they did that very well earlier this season when we played them. They kept Brady on the, they kept Brady on the um on the sidelines. They was converting on third downs. So if you can convert on third downs and keep Brady on that sideline, there's a good chance that you could win the game. The other way is that Rams defense, that run defense, I mean that pass defense, is they gonna be able to get the Brady? Because our O line right now has been phenomenal. Um Brady has thrown the ball almost a hundred times. Not once has he been sacked. So our O-line has to get some credit for that. They haven't been getting the proper credit that they deserve. You know, they've been overlooked. You know, for the most part, the running game has been getting all the credit. Brady has been getting all the credit. But in order for those two things to gel, in order for those two things to happen, it's because of that O-line, you know, making sure Brady has all the time in the world to dack that ball, Deacon dack that ball away, throw his daggers to Edelman and to Gronk. And also, we got to give credit to the O line for pushing that, you know, you know, pushing that front line of these defenses to the back, so that our running game could be successful and be as dominant as they have been so far. Um, we have two players on the Rams who used to play for us. Um, Brandon Cooks, obviously, he was there last year. Um, he played in the Super Bowl with us last year against the Eagles, but he didn't stick around. Malcolm Jenkins knocked the shit out of him to, to the point where he sat out for the rest of the game. So, unfortunately for him, he couldn't win no championship with us. This is his game. This is pretty much going to be his revenge. Um, we didn't bring him back in the offseason. So, I'm quite sure he's feeling a certain way. So, I'm quite sure he can't wait to get on that field to go up against our secondary, um, which is, you know, the McCourty boys, 
Patrick Chung, um, Stephon Gilmore. I know he's going to be eager to go up against them. Um, Aqib Tlaib, um, he was with us. Um, he couldn't win the Super Bowl with us, but he he does have a ring, though. I believe he won one with the Broncos, but when he was with us that one year, unfortunately, he couldn't get one. Um, so I'm quite sure he's feeling some type of way, so he's eager to go up against our receivers, whether he's going to be lined up with Edelman, uh, Hogan, um, Philip Dorsett is going to be eager to see, you know, what, who, who's he, who's he going to be paired up with, um, LaDomican Sue. I have to say that these playoffs you've showed out, um, as a fan, I've been very critical of you for your career because you have all the talent in the world, but your immature ways as far as kicking players in the nuts, stepping on their hands, stepping on their head. You know, you've done that to multiple players before. All of it when you was with the Dolphins. Now you're playing for a team where you're one win away from being a Super Bowl champion. Can't nobody take that from you if you win this game. Um, You're showing out, um, especially these playoffs. This game right here may be the biggest game of your career because the anointing is going to be on you because I'm quite sure... Coach Belichick is going to have a game plan where he's going to try to take Aaron Donald out this game. He may try to double him. Um, so, if anything, this may be your game for the taking. You may be the leader of that front four going into this game because if it's one thing we know about Coach Belichick, he takes your strongest player away from you. And obviously, their strongest player on defense is Aaron Donald. So, I'm quite sure we're going to try to double him. So, Nadamika Sue, this game right here for you is for the taking. Um, I'm quite sure you're up for the challenge. Um, so we're eager to we're like, you know, we're we're eager to see how that's gonna play out. Um Brady, what can I say about you? You're the GOAT. Again, this is your ninth Super Bowl. Um Let's get this sixth one. Let's get let, let you know, you know, let's get this sixth ring. Um you haven't been sacked. So hopefully the O line keeps doing keeps doing what they're doing. Um, take them out to eat this week. Um, buy them some new watches. Buy them some new cars. Whatever it is that you've been doing, that's whatever it is that you've been doing. That they've made sure that you have been untouchable in these playoffs. I mean, you might have been knocked down here and there, but you haven't been sacked. So whatever it is that you've been doing to this O line before these games taking them out to eat, watching their kids for them, or um, massaging their feet, whatever it, is that you, whatever it is that you've been doing, double it up this week because this is the Super Bowl. The key, one of the keys is to keep you off that ground. Make sure you stay comfortable in that pocket. Have Give you all the time in the world so you can do your magic. So, you know, hopefully the O-line holds up their end of the deal. So, again, Brady, whatever it is that you've been doing, Keep doing it. So then that way this O-line can protect you. Um, having said all these things, I have to pick my winner. Um, now, obviously, obviously I have to go with my Patriots. So that's no surprise here. Um, I do feel like even though I know he already said that he's trying to play until he's 45, um... If we was to win this game, um, I would hope that Brady retires. I mean, what a way to go out. Go out on top. Um with the season that you I mean, with the season that you've had, um, you've had some setbacks this season. I will admit, um, age has kicked in. Age did kick in for him for certain games this season against the Lions. It caught up with him. Against the Jaguars, it caught up against him. It caught up with him. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills on that Monday night, it caught up with him. Um, against the Titans, it it, it 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 came it came up on him. Um, so, and then with the storyline ending, you know, you look at some of the greats that played this game or any sport for that matter, and they won the Super Bowl and they retired. Ray Lewis was the last one that I could think of who retired. Once he won the Super Bowl. But 
he had said earlier this season that it was his last season. So the Ravens was hell-bent on making sure, okay, that Ray goes out with a ring. As far as you go, you hell-bent on trying to play the 45, which I can respect. Um, you can see the passion. You can see your joy when you win. Just playing, like, you know, we like we see like 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 we see it in you. You don't want like like you're not ready to retire yet. But I just think from a storyline perspective, if you was to win this Super Bowl, why not just go out on top? Why not just go out on top? Um again, they've been trying to play this underdog role or or well, especially towards the end of the season. Um, but I can't really go with that narrative because all season long, especially for me, I've said from the jump we was going to the Super Bowl. And I said we was going to win. So for me, I know they want to do the whole, you know, chant, we're still here. You know, Julian Edelman wanted to do the whole bet against us motto. But I really don't see that. I don't see that. Um... We're one of the most respected teams in the league, if not the most respected team in the league. Granted, I mean, even though the Eagles might have won the Super Bowl last year, for the most part, for the, for, for, for the most part, the buck stops with us. You know, when you talk about, um, you know, teams that's going back to the Super Bowl or whatever the case may be, even with us losing last year, people still was like, oh, the Patriots going back this year. Nobody really respected the Eagles that much and said, oh, they was going back to the Super Bowl. They was going back to the Super Bowl. So even when we lose in the Super Bowl or even if we lose in the playoffs, we're still one of those top teams going into the next season. Um, we had a first-round bye. Um, unfortunately for us, it wasn't um, home field throughout the playoffs, but we still had home field advantage. So, I mean, there were some people out there that doubted us. Um I'm not going to front. There was a time where I felt, yo, the way we're playing this year, mm, if we don't get that home field advantage that we'll lose in the AFC Championship game. But the way we played the last three games of the season, which was against the Bills and the Jets and then against the Chargers in the, in, in the divisional round, I was totally convinced that we can go to KC and win. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, I mean, this is, I mean, this is the vibe that they're on, you know. They believe they're the underdog, so they want to keep that wave going. They want to keep like whatever, like whatever it is that can motivate you, that can help you gain an edge to keep to get you going, to motivate you to be a champ. Go ahead, go with it. And right now, my Patriots feel like they're the underdog. Um, again, we're going up against a team that we that we won our first championship with. So of course, the narrative is going to be um, repeat or redemption. I'm quite sure that the talks of, you know, us supposedly cheating the first Super Bowl is going to be brought up sometime for the rest of this week before the game. We can use that as hate as well. We could be on some, okay, well, since y'all feel like we cheated the first one, let's kill y'all on this one to leave no doubt. Um, me personally, I don't think it's going to be a kill. I think this is going to be a nail biter, um, which have been... Pretty much for all our Super Bowls, each you know each each game it was a nail biter. Um, again, I feel like we're gonna win. I, I, again, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, I respect the Rams. I give them all. I, I give them all the credit in the world. Um, before the season started, you had some people saying they was gonna go to the Super Bowl. I wasn't one of them, but you know you got to give credit where it's due. They have a hell of a team over there. They have a wonderful quarterback that's one of the quarterbacks of the future. You know, they got Todd Gurley over there. Hopefully he can, you know, hopefully he could be healthy and play in this game and be more effective than he was against New Orleans. Uh, C.J. Anderson, you know, he's no, you know, he's no slouch. We saw what he did against the Cowboys um, in the divisional round. He's a Super Bowl champion. Um, they got some receivers over there. Obviously, Brandon Cooks. Um, Robert Woods, um, obviously their defense. Do I need to even say anything about those guys? The front four, you know, they got a squad over there. Um, Wade Phillips, who's the defensive coordinator, he's gone up against Brady a couple of times. So he knows how to rattle Brady. He knows how to, 
you know, confuse him a little bit and, you know, make him rattle a little bit. So that chess match between them two is going to be interesting. Um, Wade Phillips was the defensive coordinator for the Broncos the two years we lost to them in the AFC Championship game. So obviously he knows Brady. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, I said my pick. I have us winning. Um, so that will give Brady his sixth Super Bowl. Um, six wins in the Super Bowl, three losses. Um, he's already the GOAT in my eyes. Um, so even if he loses, which I don't think is going to happen, he's still a GOAT in my eyes. Um, so basically in a nutshell, let's go out there and win. You know the Patriot motto, do your job, don't get carried away with it, protect the ball, protect Brady, you know, Stay on your assignments, and let's get this Super Bowl win, Patriots. Let's get this Super Bowl win. Oh, before I go, before I go, there was there was there was another thing I wanted to speak of on this episode, and I want to have a talk with a certain individual from the Rams, um, Mr. Nickel, Roby Coleman. I need you to step up. I need I, I I need I I need you to step up. I need to have a conversation with you. Um just not too long ago, um you said some things about my man Brady as it pertains to, you know, age is kicked in, father time and all this other stuff has kicked into him. Um and I quote, age has definitely taken a toll, has taken a toll. For him to still be doing this is a great compliment to him. But I think he's definitely not the same quarterback he was. Movement, speed, velocity, arm strength. He's not doing as much of that anymore. Okay. I have this to say to you. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like seriously, who do you think you are to even come out your mouth and say anything crazy about Brady. Now, granted, you talked your shit and you gave him his compliment. You gave him his just due. But then you tried to be disrespectful and say, oh, age is kicked in. Velocity, movement. He ain't the same as he was, as he once was. Do you even know who you are? We would, like, we would not know who you are right now. We only know you for one reason and one reason only. We only know you from the aspect of what you did in that game with the New Orleans Saints. Helmet to helmet and pass interference on the Saints receiver. That's the only reason why we know you. We don't know you for your defensive plays. We don't know you for covering and shutting down receivers. We don't know you for any of that. We only know you for that for, for that for that blemish moment in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the, in the NFC Championship game. That's what we know you for. You have one. You have one interception this whole season. You've played six seasons. This is your first season with the Rams. All the other five are with the Bills. So obviously, you know Brady very well, being in that division. You have five sacks and six interceptions your whole career. You haven't really done much your whole career. And for you to come out your mouth and say something about Brady. I would respect it more if Aaron Donald would have said it. Ludamic and Sue would have said it. Brockers, Dante Fowler, Akeep Tlaib, Marcus Peters. See, if one of them would have said it, I would have been on some, okay, all right, I respect it. I respect it. But with you saying it, nah, I don't respect it at all. You're just trying to gain some attention. You're trying to take that, like you're trying to take the, uh, you want, you're trying to take the whole thing about what you did in the NFC Championship game. You want to brush that to the side and you want to create a new headline. But I got news for you now. This man that you feel is not the same quarterback as he once was. That shouldn't be your concern. It should be somewhat your concern, but that shouldn't be your main concern. Your main concern should be his favorite target, Julian Edelman. You're a slot cornerback, so chances are that's who you're going to be running with 
the whole game. And best believe, with you talking your shit and running your mouth, that's bulletin board material for Tom Brady. He got your name highlighted on that. He got your name highlighted on that chalkboard. So Brady, so Brady and Edelman gonna be connected for a lot of passes this game. So I hope you ready. I hope you got your, I hope you got your track shoes. I hope you got your cleats on real tight. Because you're gonna be doing a lot of running around with Edelman. So basically, in a nutshell, you might be his bitch by the time this game is over. Having said all of that, that's all I got to say to you. You ain't really you, you you haven't really done much this season, or let alone your whole career to even run your mouth, and then you say something like this about Brady. Now, granted, you gave him his respect, but you shouldn't be saying anything at all. Just keep your mouth shut and be humble that you win the Super Bowl. But sometimes, you know, this is your first time there. You get the cameras in your face and you talk out the side of your mouth. And that's exactly what you did here. And come Super Bowl Sunday, I'm quite sure those words that you said, your mouth just wrote a check that your ass can't cash. That's all I got to say. I'm done with this episode. Um, again, I can't express it enough. Thank you to everyone who continues to support and listen to my episode. I want to thank y'all from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to keep bringing this energy. I'm going to keep bringing this vibe. Um, I'm just grateful. I'm, 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 I'm just grateful. Um, so next time, this has been another episode a Sportsway with Dre Day podcast. As usual, my episodes go to my social media outlets on Facebook. You can look me up, Dre Day, D-R-A-Y, space D-A-Y. Instagram and Twitter is the same handle, Dre Day, D-R-A-Y, D-A-Y, 1985. My podcast is also streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, again, there's other, I, I can, I can never remember the other streaming platforms, I promise you, the next episode that I drop, I'm gonna have the paper, I'm gonna have the paper on my desk, and I'm gonna read all the other, you know, all the other apps that you can use, that you can download, and my, um, my, my podcast will be streaming on those apps as well, but those are pretty much the main ones, those are the the, the 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 core the core you know you know the core apps where you could download and listen to my episodes so again I can't thank y'all enough um keep supporting and I'll keep bringing you this vibe and I'll keep bringing this energy until next time peace and love world I'm out of here this right here is my bonus package for this episode you know how rappers be having particularly hove you know when he drops an album like take the blueprint for example he had 13 tracks but he had two bonus tracks after the 13th track lyrical exercise and girls 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 part two well this is my bonus episode within the episode and it's basically piggybacking off the whole anthony davis situation now, I know I said before that I would take Lonzo Ball and trade him to the Lakers. I mean, trade him to the Pelicans. Let's just get this out the way. Rajon Rondo was a hell of a point guard, contrary to what people think. Okay? He's a world champion, and regardless to what people may think, he's a future Hall of Famer. I also feel that... If I had to go into the postseason and I have to trust either him or Lonzo, I got to go with Rondo. Rondo has showed that he's that true dog. You feel what I'm saying? Lonzo hasn't shown that. He's been very inconsistent, like I said before, this season and last season. You know what I'm saying? So I'm quite sure the boy is good. I don't see great like everybody else says. They look to him as being transcendent. I see him as being a good player. I don't see him being great. I see him being good. So again, from that aspect, I would definitely take Rondo over Lonzo Ball. Now, the other equation that everybody is factoring in, 
I'm quite sure y'all all have heard that Kyrie Irving, there's rumors floating around that Kyrie Irving might want to join LeBron in LA. Now just think about this for a minute. Just think about this scenario. Let's say the Lakers do get Anthony Davis because I think this all starts as long as he comes to LA. Now, you know, February 7th is the deadline. Anything can happen. It all boils down to what happened on that deadline. Let's say the Lakers are successful and they do wind up getting him. Bam. End of the season comes, regardless to what happens during this season. Off season comes. 2019-2020 season comes. Kyrie Irving, he's a free agent. Let's say that he comes to L.A., but just think about all those expiring contracts that the Lakers got. Tyson Chandler, that's an expiring contract. These are all one-year deals. Rondo, one-year deal. Um, Lance Stevenson, one-year deal. I think JaVel McGee is probably the only one that has probably two years on the contract. So you got Lance Stevenson, Tyson Chandler, Rajon Rondo. Those are all one-year deals. You're going to have so much salary cap. For the, Lake, the Lakers are going to have so much salary cap to where they may be lucky and they could wind up getting two max players. Now, again, as I said before, Clay Thompson, keep him in mind, too, because there's rumors going around that he would be interested in going to the Lakers if the Warriors don't offer him a max. So let's think about this scenario. The Lakers get AD in this trade. Regardless to whatever happens for the rest of the season, free agency comes, Kyrie doesn't resign with Boston, he comes to L.A. because he wants to play with LeBron. Again, these are all rumors, but if we're doing hypotheticals, Kyrie goes to L.A. The Warriors don't give Clay to Max, he comes to L.A. That means now you got Clay Thompson, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Anthony Davis as the new core four of the NBA. That's just a thought. That's just a thought. Again, this was this was the bonus episode. I had to throw that in there. I don't know why I didn't put that in the beginning segue. Maybe I just wanted to gash y'all out and make y'all make it seem like I wasn't done. Well, make it seem like I was done with my episode. When in reality, I wasn't. I had more to speak about. But... There you have it. There's my bonus episode. Peace out, world. Peace and love.